0: Afternoon or evening, for wherever you may be joining us from today, welcome to the Life Church Podcast. What they've done, we're going to take some time here today to entertain his presence some more. We're not done, and, and uh, I don't want us to get into a big hurry here. Um, here's what we're going to do. If you have not yet got elements, ushers, I want you to just get those real quick. If anyone does not have one of these, just raise your hand real quick, just so that everybody has one. If everybody has one, perfect. Okay, there's there's at least one here. I just want to make sure. We're going to do this a little bit later in, in the time of me speaking, but I wanted to make sure everybody had one up front, so thank you. I appreciate what God's doing at Life Church, amen. I appreciate what God is doing among us and in us and through us. And, and I believe today is going to be one of those special days um, that we get to be a part of. We've called this Communion Sunday. We've taken communion many times, but we've called this Communion Sunday. And uh, I'm glad that you're a part of it. Glad that you're here uh, to just worship. And, and I believe I'm, I'm making some room here for myself. Not that I'm expecting to need all this room, but I've knocked things over in the past and I'm just getting ourselves ready so I don't knock anything else over. I'm going to read scripture here in a moment, but not, not right yet. If you went to a restaurant and you ordered a 12-ounce filet New York strip steak, and you waited the 20 minutes, and you waited for them to bring it to your table, and the waiter finally shows up and puts in front of you a beautiful plate of spaghetti. How would you react? He says, this is the best thing we've got on the menu. This is the best spaghetti in Burlington. What would you do? Most of us would send it back and say, that's wonderful, But if I was wanting spaghetti, I would have ordered spaghetti. I wanted a steak. And we would have probably waited the extra 20 minutes to get the steak. Sometimes I feel that that's what we've done to church. I'll say that again. Sometimes I feel that's what we've done to church. God has given us his order for what church should be in his word. Precisely what he wants us to do. We call them his commands in the word of God. But sometimes in our arrogance, we've created something that we think is better. Rather than studying his word and his commands and delivering exactly what God has asked for, sometimes we've been influenced by things and peoples and other churches and what that church is doing and what they're doing. What I saw online, Pastor, that is so cool. And we get caught up with sometimes what we want or what others want or what others are doing because it looks exciting. It looks really cool. Uh, they've surveyed a bunch of church people, people like yourself. And and the survey, I've given you, it's going to be on the screen here in a moment. There's the results of the survey of what people expect out of church. Someone say expect. There are some expectations that you came to church with today. Let's, Let's see the results of this survey. What do people expect from church? Number one, they expect great services. Amen? Did you expect that when you came to church today? Yeah. Number two, um, age specific ministries. If you've got children, if you've got young people, um, you expect them to get to go to Sunday school or the youth program or the young adults meetings you're wanting those things that meet the age groups of everybody in your household that's a pretty reasonable expectation aren't the parents excited that you get to come to church and have your child somewhere else (laughs) pastor jonathan's very excited about that um we expect sometimes certain styles or certain levels of volume or the certain length of service that, that we like. It's, it's our preference. Now, I know if I get into music right now, there would be some different views in the room. Some of you would want only hymns. Some would want southern gospel. Some might even want country. Some might like jazzy style. But really, it, it, it's, it's our expectations. Of what we want out of church. We we all would want a well communicated sermon. And we would want some conveniences at church parking that's close to the building, especially when it's snowing. We'd want to have clean bathrooms. How many would like to see a clean bathroom? Thank you to the cleaning team that makes sure our bathrooms look good every single Sunday. We haven't done this in a while because we're in a COVID environment, but coffee we, we used to have coffee every single Sunday at Life Church. I'm praying that we can get back to that, because it's one of the things that, you know, people like at church, and of course, childcare. These are some of the expectations. When they surveyed church people, this is what people that attend church expect. But I've said here already, sometimes we get caught up doing church the way we want, the way we think, and the way, you know, so-and-so is doing it across town or down to the other church, down to the other city, and we think we should be doing that at this church. Now, I'm not talking specifics. I'm just talking in general here. But, but the Bible gives us some commands in Scripture of what should be happening when we gather for church. Guess what? The list that I gave you, the expectation list, not one of the things are on the list. Just to burst your bubble. That thing that you think is your, your pride and joy, the thing that you want out of a church, it's not. On the list. Here, here's the list from Scripture. Now, this is only a sampling of things that are commands given to the church from the Word of God. John 15 and 12. Love one another. I thank God there's great love at Life Church. So, whew. That's one that we're doing a pretty, I'm not saying we're great at it, but we're doing a really good job, okay? There's a love. There's a genuine. I, I talk to people who are new to our church all the time, and they feel that love. It's not a cheesy, fake, put-on-for-the-moment love. It's a real, genuine love. That's, that's one of the commands. When they were together together, they were to love one another, they were to lift up their brother. He says, love one another as I have loved you, first thing. Second thing, Galatians 6 and 2, bear one another's burdens. A sister or a brother is going through a trial. We just don't leave them out you know, in the yard to do their thing on their own, hang them out to dry. No, we bear one another's burdens. We come alongside. We help carry the load. And I thank God for there's the compassion and care that we have at Life Church. Matthew 28 and 19 lets us know that we're to go make disciples of all nations and we're to baptize those disciples. Amen? It's a command for when we gather together. James 1 and 27, visit the orphans and widows. Hmm. It's a command for the church. And then Luke 22 and 19, the verse says, Jesus speaking, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay, I got a question for you. Life Church. What would upset people more if it wasn't done? Sister Viv, go back to list number one. Okay. If this wasn't happening at Life Church, would this upset people more, or list number two, Viv? this: What upsets you more? Today we're going to take some time to fulfill that last command that Jesus gave us, and, and because of COVID, we've not done this as often as we probably should have. As you know, we were out of church 32 weeks out of the building, and there were some scheduled communions that didn't take place. But today, I'm grateful that we have time to do what the Word of God tells us we should be doing when we we gather together, and that is to do communion, to remember Him. You know, for the early church, this whole breaking of bread this time of communion, it it was a big part of their lives because Jesus had had a profound impact upon them. Many of these people in the New Testament church, they'd been around and they'd known Jesus. They'd heard him preach. They they had been there possibly even to see his sacrificial death and resurrection. It, It was real to them. It was something that they knew personally. And when they took communion, when they took the elements and took communion, there were people in the room that saw the broken body. There were people in the room who had personally suffered beatings and possibly persecution because of their alignment with Jesus Christ. As they gathered together to break bread together, they shared this communion with people of the same mission and the same mindset. Many of them might even still have scars to prove their alignment to this mission. And as they broke bread together, they remembered Jesus' body that had been broken for them. They remembered about the change that they had felt and what Jesus had done in their life and the new life that they now lived. As they drank the fruit of the vine, they remembered the blood that was shed. He had done this. He'd shed his blood so they could be cleansed and they could be forgiven of all their sins. But we're, we're not that group of people. We weren't there. And too often I find, even as me, I'm talking to me as pastor, too often we try to fit communion into a 10-minute slot in the middle of a worship service. We're we're trying to recapture something that, that we're trying to just give 10 minutes to. Too often it's a little bit of a ritual. It's a little bit of an obligation Got to just get through this. Let's let's remove this song and let's do communion and let's just move on through. I'm going to ask you today, what does communion mean to you? Are we so caught up with what we expect as a church that this thing that he commanded is not really that important to us? Jesus gave the command, do this. Someone say, do this. He said, do this and remember what I did for you. We can't lose sight of his sacrifice. We can't just go through an obligation to get through the communion portion of a service when really God intends for it to be an intimate time with him. He he desires it to be a time where we stop and we pause and we remember. He's the one that washed away my sins. He's the one that hung on a cross and died. He's the one that bled, and that blood is still flowing today, and it still cleanses, and it still heals, and it still transforms lives today. That this time of communion should be a life giving time in His presence. I don't want to rush through communion today. I don't want it to just be an add-on to the Sunday program today. We're going to slow it down a little bit in this service, and we're going to take time to remember that there's power in the blood of Jesus. Amen? There's power in the blood of Jesus. Of Jesus. There's power today to heal a body. There's power today to save a soul. There's power today to wash away sins. There's power today to mend a relationship. Whatever impossible situation you're facing today, there's power in the blood. Miracles can take place in this service. Because supernatural things happen. They take place when we stop and we pause and we remember and we get grateful and we have an attitude of gratitude and we begin to thank him for his blood and we begin to praise him for his blood. Supernatural things take place. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Every time I go to read this, I I, I go back to how I know that most times I felt many times. Oh, here we go again. We're reading this. I know that I can almost quote this. Some of you can almost quote this passage. You've heard it so many times. I want to caution you today. We're going to take some time. I want you not just to let the words go by, but I want you to focus on what the word of God says today. This is Paul. He's writing to the church at Corinth. In verse 23, and he says, For I receive from the Lord. There was, this is something he got from God. He said, That which I also delivered to you. It, it's coming to the church today. It, it came from God through Paul to the church. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Someone say, do this. Verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. Communion is not a Paul idea. Communion is a God idea. God instituted this breaking of bread, the the cup, the fruit of the vine. He instituted this, this thing that we call communion to be something that would cause us to remember that would cause us to to look back at what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. He said, do this in remembrance. Someone say remembrance. remembrance. Remembrance of me. What are you going to remember today? What part of the cross and the crucifixion, what part of this whole time in history, what will you remember today? You can remember the crown of thorns that was placed on his brow. You can remember the spear that was pierced in his side. You can remember the whip that tore his body. The cat of nine, tw- uh, 39 t- tails or the cat of nine tails or whatever they called it. It was 39 pieces of stuff that would be hit against his body for your healing. The stripes on his back. The pain that he went through the nails that pierced his feet, the life that was given for me. Remembering is a way to worship him. And I want to take a moment right now and and as a congregation, We're going to take a moment. We're going to bow our heads. If you want to lift your hands in in worship right now, we're, we're going to remember. We're going to take a moment and worship him. We're going to remember the sacrifice. We're going to remember the price that was paid. We're going to give him a little bit of adoration, a little bit of worship right now. Let's begin, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we remember God. You said to remember. We're going to take the time and conscientiously slow things down, God. So we remember what you did for us on the cross. We remember, God, what you did for us at Calvary, God. The price that was paid for our salvation, God. The sacrifice that you paid, God, for my sins. God, I remember Jesus. I remember, God. I, I remember the things that you've done, God. I remember, God, with praise, God. I remember with adoration today, God. That's right, church. Begin to lift up a praise for what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. God, those nails, God, that pierced your hands and feet, God. We're grateful today, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. That blood that was shed, God. God, it redeems me, God. Lord, that blood, it covers my sin. It covers my lust. It covers my actions that are ungodly. God, I thank you today, Jesus. I thank you for the bloodshed that was given for me, God. Hallelujah. God, oh God, I'm grateful today. I'm grateful today. Hallelujah. God, we worship as a congregation. God, we worship as a church today, God. We're taking this moment, God. We're remembering the sacrifice, God. We're remembering, God, the price. We're remembering, Jesus, all that you did for us on the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's right, church. There's a gratefulness in this room. There's an attitude today of gratefulness in this room. And I thank you for God worshiping the God that is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. 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 It's that blood that gives us a relationship with Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for the blood, you wouldn't have access to God. Ephesians chapter 2 and 13 says it like this. But now, someone say, but now. now. You have been united with Christ Jesus. Now, today, once you were afar away from God. Do you remember that day? Remember what that looked like? Remember what that felt like being away from God? Once you were away from God far away but now someone say but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of jesus christ i thank god for the blood i thank god for the blood that blood that washes me that blood that cleanses me that blood that purifies me it gives me access into the throne room it gives me access into his presence i don't gotta come ashamed anymore because i'm covered by that blood Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. The devil's not afraid of you, and the devil's not afraid of me, but he's afraid of the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. When you start talking about the blood, you start singing about the blood, he gets terrified. Because it's the blood that washes me. It's the blood that cleanses me. Yes, I'm a sinner, but I have the blood that's covering me. Yes, I've messed up, but it's the blood that washes me white as snow. Hallelujah. 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 That old song says, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? What is it? Nothing. But the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, because of that blood, because of his blood, there's healing in this place. Because of that blood, there's, there's restoration in this room. Because of his blood, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's the burden bearer. He's the light in the darkness. He's the miracle maker. It's all because of the blood. We have access into his presence. We have access into the throne room because of the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. We give him praise right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Hallelujah. So he instituted communion that we would remember. The price. We would remember the cross. We'd remember the sacrifice on Calvary. He also said at this time of communion, we are to not only just remember back, but remember forward. Know that there's something coming. We're to proclaim the Lord's death until he come. That's what the word of God says. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's not a popular thing to talk about these days. But Jesus is coming back. The Word of God lets us know that there's coming a day in the not-too-distant future that Jesus is returning for his church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to set up his kingdom. And the Bible says when he sets up his kingdom, there will be no end. It's permanent. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about the government anymore. Hallelujah. They're not all crooks. They're not all bad. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Jesus is coming back. Jesus is going to set up his kingdom. And when he sets up his kingdom, there will be no end. Praise God. He, He told us to look forward to that day. We're we're to proclaim the Lord's death. We're to proclaim what he did on Calvary. We're to proclaim what he did on the cross until he come. You know, the night before Jesus was betrayed, he said this in Matthew 26 and verse 29. Jesus speaking, he said, I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on till that day someone say that day. He he took that night before he was betrayed, he took communion. Bread, fruit of the vine. He says, this is my last time to drink this, gentlemen, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. On that day, his his betrayal was coming in a few hours. He says, I'm I'm going to have a time that I'm going to eat and partake of this one more time with you, but it's going to be on that day. He was looking forward to that day. And every time we take communion, we look back and we look forward to that day. Hallelujah. Are you looking forward to that day? Are you looking forward to that day? Is there any loved one that's gone on before that you're going to get to go and in that day and partake of communion with them once again? Hallelujah. There's coming a great day. The Old Testament in the Bible helps us to understand some truths in the New Testament. This, This is just a powerful truth when you understand it. You know, the Bible has... Things that happen back here in the Old Testament that helps reveal things in the New Testament. There's types and shadows back here of something that's going to be revealed later on, okay? Everybody hanging with me for a minute? All right, so the Passover it is a great type and shadow. Old Testament, Mo- Moses ha- had this people that, that were God's people and they were under Pharaoh, they were in Egypt's captivity, they were slaves, and just things were really, really, really bad. And and Moses was called by God to, to lead the people, to deliver the people out of Egyptian bondage. He would go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh would say, okay, go ahead, but he'd change his mind real quick. So God brought plagues upon the land. Anyone heard of the plagues? There's lots of great plagues. Frogs. You know, there's just this really cool plagues that God did back then. The final plague was not so cool. The final plague was the death angel was going to show up in the land, pass through the land. And when the death angel came, the firstborn, every firstborn male female, animal was going to die. All the firstborns stand right now. Just, I'm a firstborn, I'm standing. If you're a firstborn, stand. Okay. Look at the firstborns in this room. <laughs> That's right, Sister Shauna said it. You're, you're the ones that would die <laughs> if this was today and we weren't protected. Go ahead and be seated. But, but God's people all the firstborns in God's people had protection. They were going to be protected from the death angel. When the death angel came through the land looking for the firstborns, he was, the death angel was looking for something. The instructions given by Moses to the people said, if you do this, there's going to be a supernatural protection over your family. Here's what they had to do. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7. Earlier on, it talks about the lamb being slain. There was, there'd be a perfect lamb that had to be slain. The blood had to be shed. He says in verse 7, take, then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and toms of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. There was instructions. You had to have the blood on the sides of the doorpost and the top of the door of the house for the people of God. The blood had to be applied to the house that same night that they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. The blood, someone say the blood. Blood. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. There's power in having the blood applied to our lives. There's power, there's supernatural power when the blood is applied to the doorpost. It protected them from the death angel. They also were told to eat the lamb. There's also, I want to tell you this, there's, there's some great benefits of supernatural health given to God's people when they partake of the lamb. Psalm 105 gives us one of them. He also brought them out with silver and gold. When they left Egypt, They had a lot of wealth that went with them. I don't understand why God let them do that, but that's what God let them do. They went and borrowed all this stuff from their Egyptian people, and they left with it. Silver and gold. Talk to God about that one when you get to heaven. And there was none feeble among his tribes. Not only did God bring them out and set them free and bring deliverance but they weren't sickly people there was none feeble now now that's the old testament when the passover began it was instituted at this original passover i want you to notice what the new testament has to say to us we're, we're not Egyptians, we're, we're not Israelites. We're not back in that day. We are New Testament believers. We are believers that are, are, are trying to do our best to live by the New Testament and what God's plan is for us today. Here's what the New Testament tells us. First Corinthians chapter five and verse seven says this: "For indeed, Christ, someone say, Jesus, Our Passover was sacrificed." For us. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. All the benefits that, that the Passover provided for the children of Israel back in that day when they were slaves in, in Egypt, the benefits transferred to the New Testament because we've got a Passover lamb. We've got one named Jesus Christ that went to a cross and he shed his blood. And that blood gives me protection. That blood brings me healing. That blood washes my sins. Hallelujah. One, one more point here about this. This is just so cool. Once a year, the high priest would go into the innermost sanctuary and offer a sacrifice one time a year for the sins of the people. It was at 9 o'clock in the morning that the high priest would take the Passover lamb to the altar of sacrifice and would tie the lamb to the altar. Someone say 9 a.m. In your Bible, it might say the third hour of the day that lamb would be tied to the altar for six hours. And at three o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour of the day, the high priest would take the lamb that was tied as the sacrifice to the altar and would sacrifice the lamb and offer that lamb on the altar Jesus was nailed to the cross at the third hour of the day. Someone say 9 a.m. He's our Passover lamb. He hung on the cross, awaiting his final breath for six hours. And the Bible lets us know that at the ninth hour of the day, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. He says, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. See the parallels? Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. I want us to uh, personalize that phrase today. I want us to personalize it individually. Jesus, my Passover lamb was sacrificed for me. In fact, say that with me. Jesus, my Passover lamb was sacrificed for me. One more time. Jesus, my Passover lamb was sacrificed for me. That Passover lamb, Jesus, brings me protection Jesus brings me healing. Jesus brings me deliverance. Jesus brings me salvation because he went to a cross, because he shed his blood, because he hung on a cross and died. He's my Passover lamb. And everything I need today, I can find it in Jesus. As we partake of communion today, I want to remind you, church, everything you need, you can have access to it today. Whatever you're needing today in the spirit, whatever you're needing God to do, all power, the Bible says in heaven and earth, dwells in Jesus Christ. All the protection you need, all the healing you need, whatever it is, the restoration, the forgiveness, the deliverance, God wants to do it in this place today. We're getting ready to take communion here, but before we do that, another verse of scripture that I think we need to read here before we take communion the bible tells us we need to examine ourselves 1 corinthians chapter 11 and 27 says therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the blood body and blood of the lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup it, the, we're commanded to take time to examine ourselves individually For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Today, we're going to just take a moment. We're going to examine ourselves. What that really means is we're going to all individually repent. You say, well, I repented already today. Repent again. I'm going to repent I want everybody under the sound of my voice to take a moment and repent. We're going to ask God to to change us, to cleanse us, our attitudes, our actions, our lusts, our sins, our thoughts, our motives that are wrong. We're going to ask for God to cover us right now. Jesus, God, in this place, God, we're here. We love you, God. Too often time, God, we find ourselves in a place, God, that's not right with you. God, we repent of our sins, God. We're asking for your blood to cover us one more time. God, we repent, God, of every thought that is ungodly. God, wash us today, God. That's right, church. Begin to pray. Every single one of us begin to pray that God would wash us and cleanse us and purify us. God, every thought, every action, every deed, God, we come before you, Jesus. God, we want you to, God, forgive us today. Cover us with your blood, God. We're going to examine ourselves today, God, every motive, every thought or action, God, that's not godly, Lord. God, forgive us, Jesus. Wash us by your blood. Cleanse us by your blood. Purify our minds, I pray, in the name of Jesus. God, we repent, God, of our sins. We repent, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for the forgiveness. We thank you for the cleansing. We thank you, God, for the healing that's already in this place. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. One more thing before we take communion. There's a law in God's kingdom that I want to make sure we're aware of. Many times in the word of God, God wants us to do a physical obedience to his word. It's a physical action. It's a physical thing that we do. And when we do the physical thing to God, spiritual things take place. There's a spiritual release that happens. God, God's intending that someone receive life as we're obedient today by taking communion. When God's word commands us to do something in the natural, when we do that, when we obey that, we we are setting ourselves up to receive something in the spiritual. Here, here's a couple of examples. When we worship, the Bible tells us to worship, to lift up our hands, to sing, to shout, all those things. The Bible lets us know when we do that, He begins to fight our battles for us. It says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Walls fall fall down when you begin to shout unto God, begin to worship God. You're doing a natural thing. You're doing a physical thing. But stuff begins to take place in the Spirit. We give our tithes and our offerings. It's, it's command in the word of God. When we when we give it, it's a natural action to do the e-transfer or go to the interact machine and give your offering and fill it out and put it in the little slot in the door. It's it's a natural obedience. But I want to tell you, something happens in the spiritual when we're obedient to what God commands us to do in the natural. There's blessings, there's miracles, there's multiplication. The Bible says He opens up the windows of heaven and pours us out blessings that we're not able to contain. Sister Cecile last week was telling me about some of the open heaven blessings that God's pouring out on her. Many of you have told me what God's doing in your life. I'm telling you, it's a natural thing that we do. But the Word of God, as we, we obey the command in His Word, supernatural things take place when we're baptized in water in the name of Jesus it's more than just getting wet when you're obedient to the word of God and you go down in the waters in the name of Jesus and you're baptized in water God does something supernatural we don't see it happen but it happens there's a supernatural thing that takes place when an individual is baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says those sins are remitted. Those sins are washed away. Those sins are forever gone. And today, as we partake of communion, we are connecting the act of obedience to communion, doing this in remembrance of me, he said. We're connecting to the supernatural power that's in his blood what do you need today what is it you need from God today there's a law in God's word it's the law of sowing and reaping when we do something in the natural there's a supernatural benefit that takes place when we sow something in the natural there's going to be a reaping that's going to take place our obedience today to this act of communion connects us to the power of almighty God elements. I want you to get your first element out here. you got to pull the tab back, the little tab on top. Make sure you get the right tab. Natural element. Sister D bought these from the store. Had it shipped to her. I'm not sure how it came, but it's just, just a natural element. But the Bible says that this represents His body that was broken for us. This represents His body that was bruised. It represents the nails that pierced His hands and His feet. It represents the stripes upon his back for our healing. Before we partake of this today, I want us to make some declarations. I want us to declare some things over our bodies. If you have someone in your family that needs a healing, I want you to pray for them specifically. Call their name out in prayer that God would heal them because the Bible says, By his stripes we are healed. This is just a wafer. But the supernatural act happens when we're obedient to the natural action. God, I pray for those that are sick at Life Church, God. I pray for our elders today. I pray for Sister Joan Cormier today, God. You see the needs in her body. I pray for Paul and Sue Harding today, God. You see the needs in their body. You see, God, the Levitt's grandparent, grandfather, God. I pray for Brother Levitt today, God. Touch his body. We pray for Deanna today. We pray, God for Jesus Sister Debbie today God we pray for the Cary children today God we're praying for every need that's represented in this body in this family today God by your stripes they're healed God declare healing over your body if there's a situation in your body declare healing over your body right now God I declare healing over my body God anything that's wrong God I declare healing God by your stripes I'm healed by your stripes I'm healed Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, as we obey this command, we surrender to the work of the cross, God. As we obey this command, God, all that you accomplished on Calvary, God, I have access to it, God. I step into the supernatural, God. I step into the place where miracles take place. Healing is here. Hallelujah. 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 By your stripes, I'm healed. You know, sometimes we pray that a little weekly. I want you to pray it and almost prophesy it today. Pray it with some authority. God, by your stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes, Sister Joan is healed. By your stripes, oh God, the needs that are in this room are taken care of. God, you purchased healing with this broken body. Hallelujah. It's the inheritance of every believer today, God. God, I claim healing in this place. I claim healing for those watching online, God. You know their needs today, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 When you're ready, you can go and partake of the wafer. And as you do, know that God's power and God's supernatural ability is here to meet you at the point of your need. Jesus Jesus Jesus, Hallelujah 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 Jesus God we declare healing God We declare healing Jesus By your stripes I am healed God, I declare healing, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this cup that we hold in our hands, there's just a little bit of grape juice in there. That's the natural. But when we're obedient in the natural, because this grape juice is us remembering the blood of Jesus that was shed. It represents his blood. It represents the price he paid. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness. I'm grateful. Are you grateful today for the blood? Are you grateful that he shed his blood? Because of that blood, we can be set free today. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to plead the blood over your family. I want you to call the names of your kids and the names of your family members right now. Before we partake of this, I want you to pray over your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. I want you to plead the blood. I want you to plead the blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I plead the blood over Sherry. God, I plead the blood over Luke. I plead the blood over Grace. I plead the blood over me today, God. Lord, our extended families, God, I plead the blood over our nephews and nieces, oh God. I pray, God, that you would, God, have them to walk with you and serve you all the days of their life. God, I plead the blood over my siblings, Lord God, and Sherry's siblings. God, I pray over our parents, God, I pray you'd put your hand upon them, Lord. God, touch them, Jesus, by your blood. God, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Hallelujah. God, cover our minds today, God. Cover our spirits today, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray for my kids, God. Give them a great love for righteousness and holiness, God. Give them a great love for truth, Jesus. God, I plead the blood over them right now. God, let them walk in your favor and your blessings, Jesus. I plead the blood right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Too often we're consumed by the bigness of our problem. I want to challenge you today. There's nothing that the blood can't take care of. There's no problem too big that the blood can't deal with it. There's no issue that you've got that the blood can't take care of it today. Hallelujah. 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 After you've declared some things over your family and over your situations that you're thinking about, I, I'm, I challenge you, go ahead and take this, this natural element, knowing that it brings supernatural things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand in this presence right now, church. Take a moment and praise Him and thank Him for the blood. God, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for your blood, the blood that has power today, God. It's a supernatural, God, power. God, as we have honored you today and we've done what you've told us to do, God, as we remember remembered the price, and God, we've looked back and we've looked forward to your coming today, God. Lord, as we've taken this natural, physical element, God, we thank you that it connects us with the supernatural power of Almighty God. God, your blood is here to save. Your blood is here to restore. Your blood is here to heal. Hallelujah. God, we rejoice at the work of the cross. We rejoice at the work of the cross. Thank you for your blood today. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to worship here in a moment, but I'm going to challenge someone. You're thinking about, you need to get alone with God. You need to talk to God about something. I'm going to open this altar up. If you need a miracle in any era of your life, a physical miracle, a spiritual miracle, you need God to show up in something, I'm inviting you to make your way to this front. We're going to pray. We're going to have God. do. I believe God's going to do things right now. I believe God's going to answer some prayers right now. How many would step out and say, Pastor Steve, I, I want God to do this in my life. I need God to do a miracle. I need God to do something great. How many would step out right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's others that need to step out. There's others that need to come. There's others that need to reach out right now and receive what God has for you. Hallelujah. God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We're going to begin to sing, we're going to begin to pray, we're going to begin to rejoice, we're going to begin to thank Him, we're going to receive miraculously today from His presence. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram and on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.